Welcome to Saturday Night at the Movies, the podcast that celebrates classic, cult, and current films and the people that made them and many other aspects of pop culture. I'm your host, Steve Rubin, our producer's Ben Shrewsbury, and our signature theme was composed by Greg Lerhoff. Here it's always Saturday night, and our mission is to chronicle film and pop cultural history one memory at a time. Tonight is a special night. I have invited some of the greatest performers and entertainers in the history of show business to be my guests in a kind of free-for-all where we may learn things we never knew and perhaps never wanted to know. Think of tonight as a combination of backstage at the Oscars, the Hollywood Canteen, Tonight Show, and a super Hollywood party. Helping me with this A-list is my co-host tonight, who happens to be my comedy writing partner, Mr. Billy Reback. Hi, Billy. Hello. So here's the way I look at it. You remember a long time ago, they had a show called The Night of 100 Stars. Do you remember that? Sure. Yeah. So that's what this is, basically. One thing I do remember, it was a great joke going around about The Night of 100 Stars. Somebody said that if a bomb went off tonight, the biggest star in Hollywood would be Pia Zadora. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Perfect. I, I hope other people do. Otherwise, it was really a waste of my time. So we're going to start... Um, Sylvester Stallone is in the room. He just arrived in his limo. We're going to grab him. Uh, this is uh, the non-Philadelphia Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Sylvester, I wanted to start talking to you about what do you think about women today? Uh, you know, I think about women all the time. You know, I mean, it's like all I think about, to be honest with you, that and beef. You know, because I can hit beef, but I can't hit women. You know what I mean? Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very good. Uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen is, is very rarely goes to Hollywood parties, but we nabbed him. Woody, how do you feel about women today? Hey, great. You know, I, I don't want to be didactic nor facetious in any way, but, uh, you know, I, I, I love women. I, I'm crazy about them. And you see that documentary from Mia? She crucify me. Listen, I mean, I like him young, but not that young. I just have head flu young. You know, I, I fell in love with Sue Yi, the, the heart wants what the heart wants. I mean, I, we're still married, we have children. What do people want from me? I love her. I mean, you know, I, I was writing my new script, father, daughter, and whatever. The, it's been a while for me. Anyways, uh, hey, Billy, we back to the room, I'm very nervous. Now, uh, no, no. Listen, Woody, it's it's uh, it is great to uh, to have you on the show. By the way, do you know uh, Sly? Yes, he he was in Bananas. As a matter of fact, he 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 played the thug on the subway. Yeah, I, I want I wanted to play a banana, but you know, I I I wasn't re ready to get like you know jaundice, so I'd be yellow. You know what I mean? Why are, you why are you drunk tonight, Sula? That's what I want to know. Uh, no, I, no I, I'm having a, a problem with my soft palate. You know what I mean? So I, it affects my speech, you know, and it's not a cleft palate. It's just very, very soft, you know. Now, he flew in from uh, Philadelphia. We also have one of my favorite actors of all time, Lou Costello, who is just... I mean, he's part of a great duo. Lou, it's great to have you here. Thinking that's the guy you want to talk to now. I don't understand the question. 
Well, it's just having you and Woody Allen in the same room together is unusual because uh, you're different generations. How do you feel about comedy today? Something like that. I think comedy is not as funny as it used to be when he was smacking me around. <laughs> we should have Lou, we should have had Lou on first. <laughs> exactly. Who's on second? Actually, you know who's on second? James Mason oh. has walked into the room. James Mason, the wonderful actor from Journey to the Center of the Earth and um, uh, North by Northwest, a personal favorite of mine. James, so good to see you. I'm very, very happy to be here, Steve. I haven't been anywhere for a very long time now. You know, North by Northwest is one of my favorite movies of all time, as the listeners have listened to me ad nauseum about it. You got a chance to work with Cary Grant. Uh, what was that like? Well, we both had to compete for the, for the attentions of even Marie Saint. In fact, the casting of the film was very critical. But you've and got the wrong man here. I'm not Van, you're Van Damme, and I'm not this other guy. Hey, hey listen, if, if you're showing Lolita, do you need an usher? Well, you're, you're, not, you're not what I I'm expect. a big fan. You're a little taller, a little more polished than the others. So far, my count is we have two living people, three dead people. This is a pretty incredible show. Very, 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 very hip and up to date. I mean, what about Lolita? <laughs> well, standing next to James Mason is the non-Philadelphia Sean Connery. So uh, tell, tell me, Sean, uh, have you worked with Sly Stallone before? I don't remember uh, working with Sly before. Uh, but I've just been a bit busy reading these stupid James Bond encyclopedia books. You know, I've got so many of them. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I, I've got a first edition of this one. I, I believe it's from you know, about 1963. It's, it's sort of worthless. You, know, you understand. For the listeners, Sean Connery is holding up my first James Bond book, the James Bond films. I'm, I'm very touched. Uh, Sean, of course, is my favorite James Bond by far. Um, oh, thank oh. you about that. Is there any particular toupee of mine that, that was uh, a favorite of yours? The one from Zardoz, I think, was very minute. I didn't think there was any hair involved at all. Uh, that was the one where my gut was uh, sort of spilling over the space diaper or whatever the hell that was. You know who's just walked into the room? Walter Matthau is here. And I'm a big fan, Walter. Good to have you. All these people in my room. Who needs it? Steve Rubin, never heard of you. By the I'm way, I had no again. idea. We're actually doing a seance tonight. I now realize that. This is sort of, sort of incredible. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Walter. Well, I interrupted you. What am I doing here in the Houdini room with the magic castle? There's a reference nobody will understand. Walter, uh, how did you get along with Jack? I liked them. The fortune cookie, the odd couple. Dad, Jack Lemon here. <laughs> Sugar! <laughs> wow, look at that liquor cabinet. Like springs. Maybe a surprise party. <laughs> Peter Lorre. That's my just... pal, Jack Lemon. Is it true that Peter Lorre is standing next to you? 
Yes, it keeps winking and blinking. No matter what I do, I cannot control my urges. You must go far, far away. Nobody likes me. That's why I eat worms. Maybe I can get that airplane to run over him at the airport from the end of that film, she. I don't know. Rick! Rick, what are they doing to me? Protect me, Rick! I'm sorry, I didn't give you a proper introduction. Humphrey Bogart, a big fan. Uh, uh, I think we lost you too soon. Glad you're back in action here. Uh, well, I, I figured since there's so many dead people here tonight, I might as well join the crowd. Humphrey, what movie have you seen recently that you think you could have starred in? I think Avengers Endgame. I'd like to play one of those babes. No, actually, I'd like to have one of those babes. I, I figured that's what you meant. I just wanted to, want to clear that up. We don't want to start those rumors after you're gone. Or uh, hey. perhaps everything, anywhere, anytime, all at the same time, whatever the hell yes. that movie was about. And no one knows, not even the people who were in it or the person who wrote it. So yeah, it's, I, I, it's, I saw that movie and an hour later, I needed to see another movie. <laughs> By the way, Humphrey, big fan. I, you know, you inspired played against Sam, so. <laughs> yes. Great. You didn't have the, uh, you didn't have the guts to ask me to make a cameo in that film, did you? Of course, that was 1972 and I'd been rotting for some time. So is my career. Is Jerry Lewis in the room? Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> oh, um, I thought I was. <laughs> Jerry, what do you think of comedy today? Um, it's uh, since I stopped, I I don't think it's as good. <laughs> Jerry, what about you and women? We never really we don't know who are you really fond of when you were working. Um, Ferris Bueller's mother was I because I met her on the set and she was oh, oh, something just happened that shouldn't happen on radio. Well, I'm in the middle of a prostate exam. <laughs> we appreciate we That's... appreciate your the sharing the sharing. Well, nice. women women aren't funny. They they shouldn't be in stand up comedy. That's for sure. Right. No, that because they no, um, no. Jerry arguing with himself. This is fan. Yeah. the only it's, person left he hasn't argued with. No, he's not. He's is not. Ed, is Ed McMahon here still? I don't understand. It, there's always room for more, Jerry's. Hello. Where's Engelbert Humperdinck when you need him? <laughs> Whoever really needed him. You know, he's not wearing his spurs tonight, so we don't hear the clink clink as he walks into the room, but John Wayne has just walked into the room, and I just want to say hi to the Duke. Hello, Duke. Well, I guess you're talking to me, Pilgrim, when here I am just sort of trying to figure out how to light this campfire and what the hell to do with. Liberty Valance, uh-huh. Speaking of liberty, what do you think about the uh, movement to remove your uh, name from the airport because of your politics? Well, if you want to go down that trail, Pilgrim, sure. I'll, 
I'll blow you away with a couple six shooters right now. If they're going to take my name off of the airport, then, well, they might as well take me off the searchers, too. So go search for a new name. Uh, well, got control, like got control your, on like, Billy, your, your bailiwick. Okay. Well, I like to think that my Westerns were better than his Westerns. I made a film called The Westerner, which Wayne can't say. And in it, I had a line that said, when I was a boy, I had a pet rattlesnake. And I was very fond of that snake, but I never turned my back on it. Now, uh, John, John, or Duke, you had a special relationship with Walter Brennan. Uh, you worked together in that marvelous movie, Rio Bravo. And I, I hear that you brought Walter with you. Well, I tried to get him, gosh darn it, in, 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 in the wheelchair. It just ain't working. It ain't working. You can't get it down the gosh darn path and all that dirt. <laughs> Walter, what was it like working on Rio Bravo with the Duke? We, we were, basically, he, 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 he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's, it's what it was. And I allowed, allowed to say ass here on, on the podcast. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I, I, I already said it. it that, that was the real McCoy. <laughs> That that word's okay. That def, that word is okay. Now well, let's, um, let's let's try this one. Hey, never mind. Never mind. I hear that um, you brought a friend with you as well. The great, wonderful character actor who became such a horrific uh, presence in film, Mr. Vincent Price. Um, yes, of course I'm here. Do you want young Vincent Price, or do you want old Vincent Price? Because they're both so different. <laughs> the Edward Scissorhands Vincent Price is different than the original one. But I love Vincent Price and I love doing him. But I am him. Sorry. <laughs> now, how is such a gentleman and such a connoisseur of art and yes. such an elegant man, how did he turn into such a powerful figure in the horror world? Well, I just have to... Uh, a lot of people ask, what my favorite part of being in the horror world was, and it was when I was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I cooked a fish in a dishwasher. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but we do. It did happen. You realize that you're back there. No, you, what what struck me while you were talking, Vincent, uh, is that you sound an awful lot like Truman Capote. I don't know if the two of you actually knew it. <laughs> well, Truman Capote is more like this, I think. <laughs> and Vincent's yeah. more pointed, my dear. It seems you wanted to kill me, but no such luck. <laughs> Sly, did you ever want to work in a horror film? Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think that I'm easily scared, you know what I mean? So if nothing scares me, you know, then the audience uh, won't be scared. Wait a second. You, do you watch comedy. yourself in your comedy? If you watch yourself comedy in your comedy, comedy does, movie, I was you say, scared, you know, right? Comedy is scary for me, you know what I mean? Because I don't have good, uh, uh, what do you Timing. call it? Uh, yeah, that, you know. Um, Sean, Sean Connery, um, 
Do you have a favorite Bond movie? Uh, well, quite obviously, it's Goldfinger. And I'd probably get fined if I said anything else. Uh, I like all the <laughs> ones, quite frankly, I like all the ones uh, that feature me in it. Uh, the rest, all, although that Craig character, uh, he's done quite well for himself. Did you have fun with Pussy Galore? Oh, what about the movie? Well, that's quite a question. Yes, of course. Uh, Honor Blackman had uh, a rather large, um, a large part in the movie. Uh, you thought I was going somewhere else with that comment, didn't you? I, I, I know you, Ruben. And by, uh, and by the way, why is my picture so small on the face of your book? I don't understand. I am Bond, James Bond. Completely, completely. I agree, agree. Um, now, uh, getting back to the comedy sphere, another mm -hmm. person has walked into the room. He's one of my favorites, the star of Sergeant Bilko all those years, Mr. Phil Silvers. Listen, what is this, a staring contest? Steve Rubin, Steve Rubin, who are these people? What are you staring at? Listen, I don't want to rush you, but I got to get out of here. You could be fixing the tire while he's putting gas in the car. Let's go. Phil, Phil, I, I, I love you. I, I once was on the telephone with you. You were, you, you were coming after me because you thought I was harassing your daughter in high school. I happened to be a stringer for the National Enquirer. I need, just needed to find out if your daughter was working in the business, but you found out I was calling them and you called me and read me the riot act. Do you remember that? I remember it as if it was yesterday. I never forget a face, Steve Rubin, or a voice. Thank Keep you, Phil. Talking. Thank you. Phil, Phil, why do you think that people don't don't talk about you anymore? It seems kind of a shame, doesn't it? It's a shame. Are you kidding? But I'm always on Gilligan's Island and Beverly Hillbillies and a million other shows. I thought they were talking about me. As a matter of fact, Charlie the Tuna was based on me, and I didn't get a dime. So was Top Cat. By the way, so great to keep talking. It's great to see that in, in death you've mellowed, Phil. Do you think that you <laughs> angered people in the business? Steve Rubin's voice is like an anesthesiologist. Keep talking. Um, no, no. People love me, sweetheart. They love me. Oh, you know, oh, oh, uh, okay, oh, okay, Phil. Oh, okay. Steve, you had another, you had another question? No, I was going to, uh, George C. Scott has walked into the room looking very- By the way, this room is so fucking crowded right now. It's unbelievable. It's really, you can barely breathe in here. Well, go ahead. George, George, uh, George, you look terrific. How are you? Well, with this damn helmet on top of my head, I can't think of anything. But in general, you get it, general. In general, I, I'm doing fine. That's good to see you. I mean, um, I always, I, I always. I'm a, I'm a big fan of hardcore. <laughs> What about the movie? I was going to say, you're talking about the porn apps on your iPhone or the film? The film, of course. I've the same joke twice. It's okay. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you find that's no, it's a man, Phil? I, I'm a, I got to be honest, I'm still a huge, huge fan. I just don't think that the modern generation understands you and appreciates you. That's what bothers me. 
Don't you feel uh, bad about that? I say, I know, Billy. Oh. who the hell are you talking to? Well, unless you change your name to Phil Scott, I was talking to Phil Silvers. Oh, it's well, me again. Listen, Billy, you got good taste. You have great taste. Look at the way you dress. You're a, you're a bench. No wonder you like Phil Silvers. We got to spread the word, people. You know, Phil, you made a film, which I have to show your friend Alan and Billy, called The Thousand and One Nights. We still haven't watched it together. You play Abdullah the Touched One, born 1,500 years before his time. And it's a great part for you. Do you have any memories of working on that film? Yes, Mike. <laughs> I have no memories at all of that film. All I know is Robin Williams stole everything from me. I was the original genie. Ah! No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, oh, Johnny Carson's here. Johnny, wait, so wait good to see you. Um, uh, how are you? Well, I've got to say that that this show is some weird, wild stuff. There's there's no question about that. I've I've quite had enough of you. Let's go to an ex guest. Wow. Johnny's showing the same warmth that he did offstage. I remember showing it to you quite specifically. Uh, it was it was pretty cold at that point. Let's really be honest. Johnny, how much did you love doing Karnak? Let's see. I've got to, if I'm going to answer this, I've got to put an envelope to my head. Uh, the answer is, um, I'm not prepared with a joke. Let me rip open the envelope. Johnny, what the hell are you doing on this podcast? I don't know. I'm I'm quite sorry. I am. Now, not, shot. not only do, do we have TV and film personalities, but we have characters from classic film here. For instance, I noticed sitting on the couch here uh, with a blonde on his lap is Captain Kirk. Kirk, how are you? Somehow, I think... I'm the guy that needs to talk to you right now. And I'm competing with Connery's toupees. What do you think of Oh, my. Oh my. You were very arrogant back in the day. I'll never forget the horrible things you used to say to me on set. Sometimes I think I'd cry. Oh, my. Well, that's because, that's, that's because you're a, you were always a lousy actor. Was that oh. nasty? As opposed to the incredible acting chops of William Shatner, known throughout the land as one of the great actors of all time. You realize, by the way, that three of the people on that show were Jews. Kind of, kind of hilarious. It really should have been Star of David Trek. That's what I always thought. That's just, yes. just an idea. There you go. There you go. But it's true. People, I don't think people realize that. Indeed. Logically, I was one of those Jews. You were, but you never talk, you never talk about it. You don't talk about being Canadian or being Jewish. Are you embarrassed about being Canadian, Bill? Well, I I'm quite embarrassed by most of my career, quite frankly. Well, then Mr. you have Rebag. a lot of people in your court. Bill, Mr. Bill, Rebag, George Takai here. Who was the third Jew? Yes, really? Walter yes, Koenig. Thank you, I, thank you, yes. I yes. think, yes, that was Russian guy that never got much to say in, in TV show. Right, right, exactly. 
but Lithuanian Jew, got out when he was 12, and uh, he is a third Jew, which is people never talked about that, but those people, you know, they don't know. They don't do the homework because we have time to do that because we're on strike now. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I, I just had my breath taken away. Gregory Peck has walked into the room, and Gregory Peck is one of my all-time favorite actors, legendary. Greg, how are you? Well, it's been said that I sort of growl my words. You're in it now, up to your neck. I've also, and if you want to sound anything like me, it always helps to have a word that rhymes with peck in the sentence, like neck or check or deck. Is that true? True. Um, Sly, did you ever want to work with uh, Gregory Peck? Did, was that a goal of yours? Uh, you know, absolutely, definitely. Sly only worries about his own pecs. Let's really be honest. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I used to worry, but then I got all the injections, you know what I mean? And now it's like, it's like made out of marble, you know what I mean? You know, you took so many punches in those Rocky movies. Did anybody actually ever hit you? Nobody, uh, nobody uh, ever hit him. Nobody uh, ever hit him because I showed him what to do, damn it. Uh, you know, I, I took a couple, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, what was the question? You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? You're a punch drunk moron. That's what you are. Yeah, but what's <laughs> bad about me? I mean, you know, always with the compliments. What I mean, I'm looking for criticism, you know, constructive, you know what I mean? We didn't even acknowledge Burgess Meredith walking into the party. He sort of waddled in. That was the problem. Don't give me any of that crap. You know, Jackie Gleason just stepped into the room as well. Jackie, yes. we've, we've missed you. Well, you know that I know that you know that I know that, baby, you're the greatest. Hi, Joe. Hi, Mr. Dunny. <laughs> Hi, Grace. No one will ever understand, but it's for us. <laughs> Are you going to sing for us tonight, Grace? Are you going to give us a little bit of song tonight? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can. I'm, I'm actually really drunk. I don't, I don't think I can carry a tune. I can carry a six-pack. <laughs> You are a blabbermouth. A blabbermouth. What am you, I? You blabbermouth. Boy, oh boy, there's some of my all-time favorite people there. Unbelievable. By the way, how many of how many of you guys are fans of The Godfather? Because I have my jaws open because Marlon Brando has just sat on the couch and the couch tipped a little bit. But it's it's still hanging in there, Marlon. So good to see you. Well, my um, friend, who's doing this, uh, Marlon nonsense? I don't, I don't understand what happened. Something else. It's like an echo. Uh, it's all, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's like uh, dueling Godfathers. You understand? He's uh, so fat that he's actually now two different people. How's <laughs> everybody? Don Corleone, we always enjoyed the power you had over that family. Well, I have selfish reasons. My uh, my younger son, 
Well, sadly, this country because of this uh, Salazzo business. But now I'm making plans to bring him back. And uh, But there's an interloper who uh, thinks he's me. And, uh, now, here, here's an interesting... I had a question. Um, does anybody have a water pick? Because I need to clean my, uh, my blowhole. Uh, get it in there. There's some lint in my uh, in my blowhole. Now I used to go to the movies a lot, a lot more than I do today. And there was a guy doing the voice of the trailers. He was his name was Don Lafontaine, and Don Lafontaine just walked into the room. And Don, I wanted to ask you if you were going to do a trailer today for the Shawshank Redemption. How would you start that trailer? In a world, it always starts with in a world. In a world where a guy is, the, you had to pick the Shawshank Redemption. Couldn't do Star Wars. Couldn't do <laughs> something out of this galaxy. Shawshank. Then, then switch over to Star Wars right away. Or in a world 40 years from now when machines have taken over the world one man must go back in time to save the planet and find this one babe who doesn't have a brain in her head first there was the first there was the terminator then there was the exterminator. <laughs> and now Universal Pictures presents the procrastinator. He wanted to kill everyone in the neighborhood, but he just never got around to it. The procrastinator coming to a theater near you eventually. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to take any more crap from you about not this you. procrastinator BS. So stop that now. No, I like the procrastinator. I'll get around to, to, to criticizing it later. Darth Vader just walked in the room. Darth Vader, um, the non-Philadelphia Darth Vader. Go ahead. Obi-Wan lied, Luke. It is not the force that binds the galaxy together, but something entirely more powerful, more permanent, Something that unites more surely than the opportunity to rule the galaxy as father and son. It is, in a word, a thing called baseball. Baseball. Wow, that's great. That's great. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Don, I have a question for you. Is it true that you got into porno films for a while? This is for Don LaFontaine, because I heard you were doing voice unders. It could just be a rumor. It's not a rumor. In a world where legs are spread. At, wait, maybe <laughs> I should just. Yeah, I think you might stop there. Although, although sitting on the couch next to you, I just see Groucho Marx. What does Groucho have to say about the state of comedy today? Well, this is the most ridiculous podcast I've ever heard. That's for sure. Uh, Gracho, I, 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 I thought you were way ahead of your time. In fact, you were so way ahead of your time, you would be very timely today. 
I would certainly be timely if I had a watch, that's for sure. I can tell you that. What's the secret word tonight? The secret word is Reuben. Say the word Reuben. The deck will drop down <clears throat> and give you a, a useless copy of his book. Excellent. You must be very famous because they named the sandwich after you. <laughs> uh, oh. I never had a Steve. I'm confused. <laughs> it was also the Grove <clears throat> Dormitory at NYU where I went to school. The Reuben Dormitory. We've gone from esoteric to impossible to understand. <laughs> um, well, well, well. Speaking of, speaking of comedy, people, speaking of comedy, uh, Billy Crystal <clears throat> has sat on the couch next to Groucho. Billy, how are you? I, I, if you're talking to me, darling, you know, you're really talking to Fernando, quite frankly. And, uh, I've got to tell you that all these guys, except for you, Steve, they look marvelous. Absolutely marvelous. Oh, Billy, it's so good to see you. And then uh, Peter Falk is with you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Peter Falk? Go ahead. I, I, I didn't notice him. Sorry. Peter, how are you? Wait a minute. Are you wanting Peter Falk or Alan Arkin? Make up your oh. mind. Go for who Alan Arkin. Who? We Go said Peter Falk. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong eye. I thought Peter walked in. Serpentine shells. Serpentine. What do you mean serpentine? That means absolutely nothing. Are you out of your mind? You're not marrying into that family. Mrs. Edelman cannot lie down. She cannot clench. You What's know, happening you, here? you were right. He's the only guy in the world that can do Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin does Alan Arkin. Go figure. What are you saying to me? You're out of your mind. You're a crazy person. I want you out of my life now. Calm down, Shell. Everything will be all right. Calm down. Winston Churchill is now in the room. Uh, talk about a, a legend and an icon. Uh, Winston, uh, how do you see the world today? Well, the world is in a great deal of trouble. Yeah, enemies to the left of us, enemies to the right of us, enemies to the center and behind. But we shall fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them on the landing grounds and in the streets and in the fields. We shall never surrender. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Churchill, I always wondered, I heard that uh, when you held up the two fingers, it wasn't for victory. Oh, you were ordering a double. <laughs> because you drank a lot, I think. And thank heaven that nature gave me two hands instead of one. So I could order two doubles. Oh, I was wondering what you meant there. Woody, uh, if, if, if America went to war again, what kind of job do you think you might have in the army? Who, who me? A hostage. That's an easy one. By the way, uh, Sean Connery, uh, I know you weren't in this, but my favorite Bond film is Octopussy. Just sorry about tentacles. Don't get me started. Uh, well, it's 
It's quite obvious you were in the worst Bond film that was ever produced. Shall we go down that path? <laughs> hey, listen, I, I never liked it. I'm more of a what's up, Tiger Lily kind of guy. I, I mean, never really, came into Casino Royale. I mean, uh, really, little Jimmy Bond. Uh, give me an effing break here. <laughs> Another one of my favorite actors has entered the room. It's the star of Bridge on the River Kwai, Land of the Pharaohs, Lawrence of Arabia, Mr. Jack Hawkins. I want you to build me a pyramid, Hamar. Your, your eyes are full of hate, 41. That's good. Hate keeps a man alive. It gives him strength. Now listen to me, all of you. You are all condemned men. We keep you alive to serve this ship. So row well and live. And people will remember the name of Lawrence when they have to visit the war museum to learn who Allenby was. You know, Jack Hawkins was a, quite an actor in his day. Another actor in his day who's still with us is Dustin Hoffman. <clears throat> and Dustin Hoffman is, this lives down the street from me. And it, Dustin, it's good to see you. Everybody is doing my act with me, your honor. I do Dustin Hoffman from Lenny and no one is gonna tell me what to do or how to do my act, man. It's so simple. She's doing my act and he's doing my act and you're doing my act and everybody's doing my act but me, your honor. I so want your respect. Don't you put that ice cream in your mouth. Don't you, don't you put that ice cream in your mouth. You're gonna be in big trouble. Don't you do, don't you do it. Well, what the hell you know about loving anyway? When's the last time you scored? Why? I'm asking you, Ratso, you tell me. Why, 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 why? Is that oh. John Voigt? John, <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. Well, I haven't got much time to Spin around here. I got to hang out on 42nd Street and pick up some, some young fellas. You understand that? The only thing I've ever been good for is loving. Women, women go crazy for me. That's too fat, crazy Annie. They had to take her away. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. What's this with this tomato thing? They want to be a stand-up. It's a tomato. There's no such thing as a stand-up tomato. A tomato stays still. Walk on. Walk on. And remember to walk on. I forgot the rest of the lyrics because I'm tired. Jer Jerry, I got a question for you. Jerry, um, what, what caused the breakup between you and Dean Martin? Um, we were both bottoms. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have said. Ain't that a kick in the head? I got tired of being called the No, monkey. because I say every movie was the same. Let me sum up our 37,000 movies together. Hey, Dean, <clears throat> I'm in the shower. Which knob is the high? Hi, it was like always that was it. And I, I was an author. I had vision. Uh, you know, we touch a little bit on the sports world tonight. Uh, you got, you can't have a party without a member of the sports world. And one of my favorites is the great announcer, Howard Cosell. 
Howard, it's good to hear your voice again. I'm trying to figure out how it's possible to bring so many dead people together for one fantastic show. It boggles the mind. Howard, what was your relationship like with uh, Muhammad Ali? I'm here with Steve Rubin on a podcast <laughs> show. And when he asked me to do it, I should have said no. <laughs> and um, I, have to, I ha have to say that I didn't expect to have a cartoon character on the show, but we've got Oscar the Grouch sitting on the couch next to Sean Connery. Go ahead, Oscar. All I want to do is hang out with the trash. That's it. Don't bother me anymore. Just let me sit. Well, as a matter of fact, hanging out with all you guys is sort of like hanging out with all the trash. <laughs> Sly, are you going to take that standing down? Uh, you know, right now I'm lying down. You know what I mean? So I'll take it anyway, you know, because uh, I'm also a bottle. <laughs> Do you, do you still put on the gloves a little bit, even though you're some semi-retired? Well, yeah, you know, I'm vegan now. So I, I most of my time I, I punch, you know, tofu, you know, but <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm in shape. You know what I mean? I can, uh, uh, last <laughs> month, uh, I beat the shit out of uh, Buddy Epson. You know what I mean? James Mason, I, 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 I wanted to call you. I wanted to call James Mason back in the room because, uh, James, you were with a very young Helen Mirren in the day when she was a bit of a bombshell. <laughs> Do you remember those days? Yes, the film was called Age of Consent. We made it on an island. If I'd known she was going to be bigger than I ever was, I never would have signed up to do the film. And she was, uh, you think of Helen Mirren being an elderly lady now, but back in those days, she was, um, kind of an, an Australian Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, even if she was British, but yes, uh, she, was, uh, she was quite luscious back then. There's no question about it. Um, but now, what is, do, does anybody even know James Mason anymore? I was a star. I was it's a true. star as they came. The lie. George, George C. Scott, um, what was the essence of Patton? Why was Patton such a big figure? Well, he was. He was a small man, but he had, as they say in Yiddish, big Batesum. And uh, he was a great man. He was a great patriot and a great actor. Matt, I've got nothing but good things to say about him, yet my performance in the hospital may have been even better. We have cre created the world's greatest medical entity, and people are stupider than ever. We heal nothing. Nothing. <laughs> You're quoting from one of my favorite movies, The Hospital, a marvelous, marvelous movie. Well, you can't go wrong with Patty Chayefsky any way you look, left or right. 
no, his words were the gospel. Um, Gregory Peck, did you ever work with George C. Scott in a movie? Not that I can recall. Was he ever in David and Bathsheba? I don't think so. I think I think the the two I of you just. That was one too. I, I auditioned for Bathsheba, and they kicked my ass right out of the soundstage. Woody, did you ever picture yourself in a in a biblical epic? Uh, uh, yes. Do you? Would you? No, but that Helen Mirren movie, The Age of Consent, I'm actually doing a remake. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, look for it on online. It's, it's a new thing I'm up to, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. Clint, Clint Eastwood has just walked into the into the room. Clint, uh, you're still directing in your 90s. You're a you're a force of nature. What's the secret of Clint Eastwood? Well, to tell you the truth, in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being <laughs> being that I'm with all these fabulous voices, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I want to get the hell out of this outfit? Well, <laughs> do I? Clint's looking I'm awfully sorry. sitting. He just oh, sat down in an invisible chair. <laughs> And, we, yeah. and, and a party in Hollywood would not be a party unless we had a president or an ex-president. And Bill Clinton has just walked into the room. Bill, good to see you. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just kind of folding this blue dress here and I got myself a little distracted. You understand? You know, wait a minute. Let me take some of this stain remover. Okay. Got it. And we're, yeah, we're fine now. We're just fine. Oh, good, good to see you. We we miss you definitely. And Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Obi Wan, are you are you in the room as well? Your father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. It's a more elegant weapon for a more civilized age. And as we come to a close on the ultimate Hollywood party, I'm going to ask uh, some final comments from some of our legends. Sly, would you like to say something as a parting thought? Uh, you know, I, I, I just think, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's always good, you know, to be uh, uh, concise. You know what I mean? <clears throat> And, and James Mason, what, what can you say to end our beautiful evening? Don't take any wooden nickels, don't spit into the wind, and always buy low and sell high. And Sean Connery, the legend, what have you to say? Uh, well, I thought to have never sang never again, but uh, I've had about enough of this nonsense, so I'm out of here. Mr. Rubin, I... I have something to say. This is Eric Roberts, man. I was a star in the 90s, man. I was even in star 90. Papa Greenwich Village, man. And you don't have the respect to call on me. They took my thumb, Charlie. They took my thumb. Eric, we apologize. We thought you had left the room, but we're glad you're back. 
Are we going to hey, meet man, the people who have cool. uh, actually been it's doing the voices at all? We are going to meet the people now who have been doing these wonderful voices. We're going to start with Joel Gibbs from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who has been multiple voices. Uh, Joel, good to see you tonight. Uh, it's nice to be here with you and all the gang, Steve. We're having a lot of fun. And, 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 you know, it's like meeting these guys for the first time and discovering a lot of terrific talent and making me laugh a lot. You know, it's like you do a lot of voices and then you hear people that, you know, do stuff that like nobody does. So it's very cool. Good time. Oh, very good. When did you do your first voice? Uh, well, you know, I, you, you, you can't see this on, on the podcast, but behind me is an actual replica of Jerry Mahoney. Uh, I was about oh, four, yeah. five, four or five years old. I, I just like uh, was drawn in like in it to Paul Winchell. And I had so many puppets and dummies and whatever. I started assigning, you know, voices. Uh, by the time I was five or six years old, I was a fairly accomplished ventriloquist. And then, you know, you're 10 years old and you're doing like Ed Sullivan and things like that. And as time went on, it's like, you know what? I can make a couple dollars doing this. So it, it, it worked out well for me. I would have thought it. Oops! I would have thought it was when you're, you know, when the doctor first slapped you on the butt, and your and your father said he has the voice of a six month old. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually woken up out of, from surgery out of anesthesia, and and doctors hovering over to make sure you know, like you're alive, and I just start doing voices, you know. So uh, you know, that's just ingrained in the brain, and. Uh, well, I, am what I am what I am. I am what I am. Really, really, really talented. I, I, I can't do, I hear voices. I can't uh. do any. <laughs> <laughs> really? Have, 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 have you, you hear voices? What do they tell you to do? I mean, are you like uh, David Berkowitz, you know, with his neighbor's dog whispering in your ear that uh, you have to go out and kill? I know where you live. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the, the Avi Hearn, you are you are our marvelous uh, Jack Hawkins and James Mason. When did you decide to start doing James Mason? I have absolutely no idea. Probably, you know, like you, you know, Steve. I mean, you 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 always tell us you know, that you know the story about you in the days before video, and you audio taped all these movies, and you played. Now you still play them in your car. Um, we all did that, probably not to the extent you did. But, um, you know, you start remembering the dialogue so well, you start re reciting it along with the movie. And then you start adopting the voice of the actor who's speaking it. And I think that's where it comes from. Got it. Got it. And then we have Tom Stern, who has been our Sylvester Stallone all evening. Tom, you, you do a great sly. Any, anything you could tell us about how that or originated? Um, you know, I, I, again, it's like everybody's saying, I, I really don't remember. I love the movie Rocky. And I, I think, you know, one day I just sort of, uh, it came to me. Um, and, uh, I started doing them. I, I don't know. I've always <clears throat> enjoyed them. I love that film, to be honest with you. You know, even though I'm, I'm trying to make humor out of his character, I actually think it's a brilliant moving touching film and that his performance is one of the great performances of all time. Rambo? No, but uh, yes, first plus. But uh, hey, I um, think, you know, it's a Tom, wonderful can, performance. Paradise can I quick, promote, I got a quick can I promote question your for, for Tom? Oh, go, go Billy, go Billy. No, no, can you do a quick impression of Bob Dylan and then one of Burt Lahr? 
Oh, I was going to say Bertlar too. Okay, Bob Dylan as a vendor. Bob Dylan as a vendor at uh, Dodger Stadium. Peanut, peanut, and Bert Lahr. Uh, hang on, hang on, wait, wait, wait. What about Bob Dylan on a roller coaster? I mean, it's the same joke. And then um, uh, I do uh, the Cowardly Lion uh, on a motorcycle. How's that go? <laughs> I didn't mean to bite him. Ah, fantastic. That's what I was going to request too, Billy. I was going to request Bert Lahr from Tom. And uh, the person speaking, who was a wonderful Woody Allen, a wonderful Alan Arkin, Phil Brilliant. Silvers, is our wonderful Alan Murray, who is a true talent. How are you tonight, Alan? There was a time in the 90s where every comedian had to do a Christopher Lloyd. That was part of the, he had to do it on stage. So I didn't do it, but everyone, everyone did a Christopher Lloyd impression. Yeah, you had to. I, um, I don't really do uh, impressions of my act. I'm more of an offstage impressionist where comedians will go, hey, do Alan Arkin or do Eric Roberts or, or something like that. Um, but, you know, more offstage stuff. Don't you just love it? <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Was that so Paul? Was that Paul said, Lynn? Yeah, yeah, I had to do a Paul Lynn for now. Kids, we had to do a Paul Lynn thing. A TV guy's allowed? Don't you know? It's not Edwin. Anybody could do a voice like this, don't you know? That's, that's ridiculous. Well, I, I, uh, laugh. I, I, I've always wanted to do a little Jimmy Stewart. You know, he always talked with that slow cadence, especially when he was around John Wayne. Uh, he'd say, sure. Tom, Tom. And, and then that slow cadence. You know that originally Jimmy Stewart was was Paige to play James Bond? And can you picture him introducing himself? My name is Bond. James Bond. I don't know what comedian did this bit. I don't think I've invented it. If I have, then maybe I am funny. I think somebody else did. But they did Jimmy Stewart doing a horse race. They're out of the box. And it was hilarious. But you know, By the that's way, old Jimmy. There's two, yeah. there's two Jimmys. There's old Jimmy. There's, can somebody do old Jimmy? Well, yeah, well, you guys are doing old Jimmy. You're doing oh, old yeah, Jimmy yeah, from yeah, the variety yeah. shows. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. Young Jimmy's like, Mary, don't you know me? It, I mean, right, it's, it's, the same, it's the same <laughs> voice. It's the oh, same voice, you, just slower. It's just slower, that's all. Oh, God all bless you, Billy's gold. You God bless that building and loan, that old building and yeah. loan. God, absolutely. No, it's true. Well, listen. Oh, it, it, hey, what, what about Sheldon Leonard? No one's going to get Sheldon Leonard while we're on Jimmy Stewart? Out you two pixies go. No, 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 no. Out you pixies go through the door or out the window. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Ooh, you know, you know I, I like this. a mold wine. Or, or, you know, we're jo joking around about, about how many of, of the voices and that, that we've heard tonight are all deceased. And it reminds me that, like, there's really no good voices anymore. There's yeah. no really True. singular, specifically great, interesting. You're right. I, you know, and, anything that anybody does is not new voices. You, know you can't do is. Brad Pitt. You right. know what it is. I mean, you know, if you if you played somebody William Holden's voice, you'd know immediately it was William Holden. But have you ever heard anybody do William Holden impression? 
Right. If you know, there has to be something to caricature. It has to be something, some idiosyncrasy you can grab onto and twist it around and and turn yeah. it on its side. And modern actors' voices are mumbling all the time. I mean, it's like there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. It's it's like it's like slippery, slimy stuff <laughs> under your feet when you're like wading in a pond. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know who would be a, a great voice to do is today, and he's also a great actor. Is John Turturro. Yeah, he, yeah. he has he has a lot of idiosyncrasy yes. and texture and and, it's and famous and famous lines and sequences and yeah i mean he, that's somebody like that, yeah. alan i think you should get to work on that yeah joel oh. i think i think jack nicholson is one of yours i think the, we didn't get to jack can you do a quick jack well there's always something crazy to do about jack that's for sure it's as good as it gets <laughs> I'm trying to handle the truth, but I can't handle it. So, anyway, I'm late for uh, my urologist. Okay. <laughs> oh, so that's not, it's okay, not so Dr. Lavenlotney, right? Never, ne never get into a pissing contest with a urologist. Okay, let me, <laughs> let me just wrap it up. You've been listening to Saturday Night the Movies. I'm your host, Steve Rubin. Our producer's Ben Shrewsbury. Our marvelous guests tonight, in somewhat alphabetical order, are the wonderful Joel Gibbs from Philadelphia, Avi Hearn, Alan Murray, Tom Stern, and of course our wonderful co-host Billy Reback, who had a wonder some wonderful repartee with the guests, particularly Groucho. And thank you all, gentlemen, for joining us tonight. And maybe we can do this again soon. By the way, Steve, I just want to say that was exactly alphabetical order. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Did you know that the first five James Bond movies were released in alphabetical order? Dr. No, From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice. Who can tell me how many different orders there could have been? There could have been. There's a trivia question. No, no. <laughs> Anybody? Right. No, no, I'm serious. He's right. There's five movies, oh. what's the... What's the diff What's the number that those five movies could have been released in? Anybody I know? Think we would need a Nazi Enigma machine to figure that out. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not how at many, all. Billy? How many? Uh, about 120. Wow. wow. 120 different crazy. ways those five movies could have been released. Figure it out. We'll talk Figure to you later. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you, Alan, Billy, of course.